This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, my name is Chris. And R, I be the Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 390, recorded on Tuesday, August the 28th, 2018. What is it, Pirate Day or something? No, it's not. I just felt like being a pirate there for a second. Is is that it? It was no. last minute. That's it. No La- plan. Okay. No. Wasn't wasn't planned, really. All right. So no more pirate voices? Uh, no. I, I don't know. a pirate joke, though. I don't know if you can guarantee that. Yeah. I have a pirate <laughs> joke. Why are pirates so mean? I don't know, Jason. Why are pirates so mean? They just are. Oh, good one. Good one. Your your son would like that. Yeah, he will. All right. I'm going to tell I my I got kids. a catalog of dad jokes that I'm... Uh, Hoarding. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, hear some more of them someday. Well, happy early Labor Day, everyone. That's coming up next weekend for uh, those of you who have anything to do with Labor Day. I know we here, <laughs> here in North America, we do. I don't know about the rest of the world necessarily. Uh, but I just wanted to say that because next weekend will be a long weekend and uh, we'll still have a podcast. There's still going to be an episode next week, but just yeah. in case... Uh, I forget then. I thought I'd throw it out there right now. They have Labor Day in the States? Well, I think so. Don't yeah. they? It's just not spelled with a U. Yeah, that's right. It's oh. incorrectly spelled Labor Day. Uh, simplified spelled. Uh, <laughs> simplified spelling. There was a the movement to do simplify some of the spelling, so they dropped the U in color and favor and neighbor. And well, you know me and how I like to be inflammatory about things like that, so I'm sure yeah. I'll get the odd email about my use of the word incorrect there. Yeah, it's incorrect usage of the word incorrectage. It could be, right. Anyways, uh, that's coming up on the weekend, so I hope everyone who does have a long weekend has a good time. But of course, we're not here to talk about Labor Day. We are here to talk about the most recent episode of Fear the Walking Dead. This one was all about Morgan, which we'll get into in a moment. First of all, I'm going to let listener Adam introduce it by reading the title. Super. The Code. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Thanks. What I like about that is it's straightforward. It's simple. No bells and whistles. No frills. Don't get me wrong. I love a good bell and a whistle and a frill now and then. But Adam just delivered the code. Yeah, I really, uh, I do enjoy a frill every now and again, maybe even a tassel. Uh, but, uh, you know, the straight poop is also good. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, that's right. So thank you, Adam, for that. You can hear your voice in the podcast if you want to do a title read. Just look up the titles, record them, send them in to us, and I'd be happy to play as many as possible. That doesn't sound hard. No, it doesn't sound hard at all. No, get her done. It's pretty easy. Well, it's season four, episode 11, The Code. And as I said, this one's all about Morgan. In fact, Morgan is the only character we've met before who appears in this episode. There's some other characters but he's the only one we know from the past. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a Morgan-centric episode. And this is, I guess, the second of, what, three bottle episodes that we were expecting? At least three. I mean, we got the Alicia bottle epi- episode, now a Morgan bottle episode. And oh, I yeah. assume next week, if the pattern continues, we will get a... Um, I'm going to think uh, John Dory and Strand bottle episode. No, they're going to do that last. Save that one for the end? I, yeah, they're going to save that one for the end. How I would they, uh, how, how, they might, it would be too soon for John Dory to, you know, have his awesomeness, awesomeness, you know, played all over the episode. So uh, I think they're going to do not John Dory until the end. Too soon. I feel like I've been missing him. I want more John Dory. Oh God, I'm missing him too, but that's why I think it's too soon. They're not going to do that because then we'll be all excited about John Dory. And then, oh my God, what do we have to look forward to for the last bottle episode? Okay, so you're you're saying they're saving the best for last, which I can yeah. see. Uh, well, I have not looked at what's coming up next week. I typically don't usually watch the the next time on preview videos they put out, so I honestly don't know what it is. I was guessing John Dorian Strand, but maybe we are going to get next week um, Al and uh, June, who are out there on their own, right? Yes. We'll see. I don't know, but... That's for next week. Uh, Right now we have a Morgan episode. 
Between the two shows, Fear and The Walking Dead proper, we've had a few Morgan bottle episodes over the years. We've had Clear. We had whatever the Cheesemaker episode was called. I really wish I think it might have been called The Cheesemaker. Was it? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either, but it's a good <laughs> title. But we've got the, uh, he did make meet the, we might be spoiling it for 10 minutes in the future, but he does make meet the beer maker in this episode. So I thought that was very reminiscent of the cheese maker. Does he ever meet the beer maker? Yes. Uh, I don't think the beer maker holds a candle character wise to the cheese maker. Oh God, no. But. Let's talk about that in a moment. I think I was going to say we had Clear, which was Morgan Clearing. We had the Cheesemaker episode, and now this one, The Code. How would you say this Morgan bottle episode, Jason, stacks up against those other two? Third. Third? I, I would agree, <laughs> but like by a fair margin? By, by, a a, fair, by a fair margin. I really enjoyed Clear. I thought that was a great episode. I enjoy Lenny James. I like everything that I've ever seen him in. Uh, and when we saw Clear, I was so excited to see Lenny James uh, back on the screen for The Walking Dead, and I was very happy about that. And uh, the Cheesemaker episode, I thought, was uh, was really well done. Lenny James and the, damn it, I forget his name, uh, a fat, fantastic couple of actors uh, getting together to do their thing. That was great. Uh, this one just kind of seemed lackluster. I don't know whether I'm uh, stuck in the bottleneck blues or bottle episode blues, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, because uh, I was expecting this to be a bottle episode, and uh, I just I don't think this one holds up. For the record, I think it was called Here's Not Here. Oh, yeah, right. Here's Not Here slash the Cheesemaker episode. Right, slash the Cheesemaker. That's, that should have been the title, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know what, man? I would agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this was the weakest of the three episodes when stacked against other um, Morgan Bottle episodes. And this one felt rather strange to me overall. It, you think so? Yeah. I got the feeling this episode was a little bit of an idea dump. And what I mean by that is, I'm sure when writers of a TV show are sitting around in writers' rooms or on their couches at home or wherever they do their creative work, they come up with all kinds of ideas. All sorts of stuff that may or may not make it into the show eventually, right? And some of them are good ideas that just don't work with the story. Some are bad ideas, but they probably have a big database of ideas. I I would imagine that if I was a writer or, you know, responsible for creating some sort of creative storyline like this, I'm sure you'd have all kinds of ideas all the time. Bounce them off each other. Some don't work, some do. And there's probably a big bucket of ideas that they kind of figure, you know, I wish we could fit that into an episode somehow, or it's really too bad this, whatever it is, doesn't work with the story because that's a great idea and it's too bad we don't get to use it. This episode to me felt like maybe they were pulling a few things out of that idea box and sort of cramming them all together into what they were hoping would become a coherent episode. Right, so they they were hoping to make like this uh, this you know beautiful wedding cake, and what they got was this uh, hodgepodge Christmas cake garbage. Well, I wouldn't go as far as to call it garbage, but a little bit hodgepodge. Yeah, Sorry. that was more of a comment on Christmas cake. Oh yeah, to to be honest, I'm kind of with you there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, Christmas cake not my favorite, um, but yeah, a little bit of a hodgepodge, and hoping it would hoping they could take all these parts and create an episode that was cohesive, made sense, contributed to the story. And I don't think this episode was a complete failure on that part, but I don't think yeah. it was quite the success that it that it maybe could have been. Um, and again, it's one of those things where it's a little bit hard to tell where this is going to go because we do have these new characters they've introduced, and you know maybe it is going to become amazing uh, down the road. But right now, I feel like it's a bit of a sprinkle of this, sprinkle of that, see how it all works out, and maybe we're going to get something good. And like I said, I don't think it was bad, but it was definitely middle of the road to slightly below middle of the road for episodes for me. And the back half of this season four, I have not been all that excited about. The first two episodes, nine and ten, I didn't like very much, so I was really hoping they would stick the landing on this one. Um, but sad to say, I think I'm just sort of meh 
on it. Right. So you think they just kind of uh, took a whole bunch of ideas and put them in a hat, and then they pulled out. And it's like, okay, guy in a wheelchair. All right. Uh, brewmaster. Okay, we got truckers. Uh, okay, we got uh, somebody going to a truck stop that actually has power and uh, takes a crap. Uh, okay, uh, what else we got here? Uh, coffee. That's good. I mean, I <laughs> applaud coffee. I thought that was the probably the second best part of the whole episode. Sure. But, okay. Uh, Morgan yeah, taking so a crap, I assume, was the best part. Uh, no, the I, I really like the <laughs> idea of the uh, of the brewmaster because he's absolutely right. When your water sources are going to shit uh, and you can't have uh, def- definitive clean water, mm-hmm. uh, brew up some beer. Like mm-hmm. that'll save your life. Yeah, my mom was told my mom got a stomach bug once down in the Caribbean somewhere, and it's because she was drinking water that she shouldn't have been, and it might have even just been water. So that was contaminated with something that was being used to wash vegetables or something. She wasn't even yeah. entirely sure she was ingesting it, but someone told her, like, don't drink the water, just drink the beer. You'll be totally yeah. fine. Drink beer. He's that, that, uh, that guy was absolutely correct that, uh, that beer was a, a safe way of getting nutrients, a sterile way of getting nutrients and hydration. Yeah. I, my problem with Jim, the beer brewing character, is... He just never stopped talking about the beer. I, I, I understand his point and I get it, but it felt like it went on and on and on. And this is one of those things where I feel like, okay, writers like, well, here's a really cool idea that maybe would happen. Um, so we got to cram this into the episode somehow. And in this case, they sort of overdid it. They just made this guy go blather on for hours about the beer in multiple scenes. So good, right. good idea. Fine. But I think we, we get it by now. Like, is he there for any other purpose than to communicate this idea? I'm not so sure. No. Right. And that was sort of my problem with him. But you're right. I mean, I, I wrote down some of these things, some of these ideas, you know, related to Jim, the, the brewmaster. Um, they have a character fleeing zombies with a bag over his head and his arms tied behind his back. To me, that feels like what would happen if this, you know, if this what would the guy do if this happened for some reason? Well, you saw Fargo eventually, right? Yeah, I've seen Fargo the movie, yeah. And yeah, the so TV that show. happened in the movie. So I, sorry for the spoiler. Uh, but uh, yeah, she had a bag over her head when they got to the cabin and she just started running. And then Steve Buscemi just said, let, let her run. That's funny. Well, sure. Uh, but that's what I mean. Like a guy with a bag over his head being chased by zombies is not, it, it's just something that I feel like, hey, this might be cool. Let's see what, what we can do with this. Uh, but then you're right. Have a guy in a wheelchair. Um, have a character get stuck, stuck on top of a vehicle surrounded by zombies. Little set that, that, that don't know how to climb, right? That don't know how to climb, yeah. They can climb. Well, they've climbed we've before. Seen, we've seen zombies specifically climb over vehicles in the past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. These ones just, no, I'm not leaving. My feet are not leaving the ground. I don't care what happens. Yeah. I, I didn't even really think of that while watching it, but I'm sort Basically, of Basically, like, if Morgan can climb on the friggin' roof of the car, so can the zombies. Maybe they're just not smart enough, though, right? They just well, kind of bump into it. They are? Well, at least one of them must have climbed onto a car at some point in their life and has a residual memory of how to take a foot and put it on the wheel and then use the other foot to step, to, to just, no, not even use the other foot, just step on the wheel uh, and then boost yourself up and grab the friggin' guy on the roof. How hard is that? Yeah, doesn't seem like it's that hard, but come on. I mean, maybe just a little hop. Just just a little hop. Little hop. Yeah, little hop. Anyways, they don't. They just bump into it on the ground and reach up uh and don't manage to get them off. So, you know, but it's it's that kind of thing. It's another moment where this is this is a situation we'd like to put a character in because hey, it's dangerous and we haven't done it before and why not? So, hodgepodge of ideas that didn't quite all coalesce into a cohesive whole, I don't think. Um, Now, that being said, I think this episode also was going for some comedy. Oh, yeah. We had a Gilligan's Island moment in everything. Oh, let me hear about it. Explain. (laughs) When he, he, uh, in the middle of a hurricane, don't get in the back back of a semi-trailer. You've been on the highway on windy days. Those things blow around like crazy when they're heavy and full. Uh Uh-huh. It's basically like a big sail. So if you're going to get in the back of one, don't do it during a thunderstorm or, God forbid, a tornado and or hurricane. 
because that sucker's going to move. And then he fell asleep, and the whole thing <laughs> moved, right? Like he went someplace else. Yeah, it, well, it and was I, driven away. It was driven away, yeah. Well, we didn't know that at the time. I thought maybe it was blown off course down the road and ended <laughs> up in a truck stop. I didn't know what was going on. But when he went to open the door, uh, I was thinking – Oh, if this was Gilligan's Island, what would happen is they would hunker down in the storm and they'd wake up and they'd be in the middle of the ocean. So I was expecting him to be in the middle of the ocean, mm. but uh, he wasn't. He was at a truck stop, which in- was, yeah. So it, was, it it definitely reminded me of uh, what would happen on Gilligan's Island if they hid in the back of a semi-truck during a storm like that. Right. He he ended up at a truck stop in Mississippi, like, what did they say, 400 miles away or something? So yeah, they, they so- went pretty far. Yeah, they, they went pretty far. He slept for a long time and yeah. had no idea that the truck moved and the people that drove the truck, did they know, he, they didn't know he was in there? No, I think they, well, they, we find out they stole the truck and I don't think they knew he was in there. I and, and my first thought was maybe they wanted to take refuge from the storm as well, but instead of getting in the back, they hopped in the cab and drove it away. Uh, or it was just their truck. That's what I thought at the beginning, but turns out. Really, it's neither of those because they stole it. Right. Um, but yeah, comedy. Uh, I think this episode was attempting to lighten the mood a little bit. You, you know, this it can be a pretty dark show. We had a lot of death recently, a lot of death of favorite characters. So why not throw in a couple of characters like Sarah and Wendell, who are kind of weirdly funny and funny together? Um right. And I, I must admit, it sort of worked for me. I I sometimes find it difficult to process the idea that there might still be people with a sense of humor left over in the zombie apocalypse. Oh, God, there's going to be comedy duos no matter what. Well, and, at the, and, and you also think that in troubling times, some people turn to sort of jokes and comedy to make themselves feel better, right? So I don't yeah. think it's totally unbelievable that these two would be a pair like this and kind of try to try to be wacky to be fair it was mostly Wendell well yeah he's yeah absolutely I think uh but I I made a note here of some of some of the funnier stuff um the when Morgan's in the bathroom and he comes out and they have a conversation about the handicapped stall feeling like a little apartment I think that was unusual uh and I was surprised to hear Morgan say something like that he just seems so intense all the time that that doesn't seem like it would come out of his mouth, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then right after that, when they're sitting there and they had that conversation, you talk to somebody on the radio, you talk to somebody on the radio, you <laughs> right. talk to somebody on the radio. <laughs> I enjoyed right. that. It was thought, good. Thought it was funny. Uh, when when Sarah shows up, they, um, uh, she or Morgan questions her use of the word brother. I think. I think she says, "You met my brother," and Morgan's like, "What?" And he says, "We're twins." Which it was is, funny. Which is yeah. funny. I would have asked at that point if somebody said that to me. I would have asked if they were identical or fraternal. <laughs> right. Of course. See, that's the obvious response there. Are you, are you identical or fraternal? Yeah. That's of course it is. You keep the joke going. Yeah. Um, Wendell, a couple of times in the episode, sort of screwed up the phrase "keep on trucking" by saying things well, like, "You got to keep your truck moving." <laughs> Yeah, which <laughs> I didn't quite understand that. I think it was funny. I think it was just well, when was, was it just for a joke or was he genuinely, did he not know the phrase and he kept trying to get it and getting it wrong? Well, ha- Or was he doing it just to, you know, have a laugh? Have you ever met a person who constantly gets common idioms incorrect? I mean... I can't think of an actual person. Well, like movie characters. Remember Biff in Back to the Future? He does it all the time. Well, yeah. I, no, I, I, except that he made a, uh, an idiom that uh, I really liked that I missed until like the 30th time I've seen that movie. Uh-huh. McFly, you Irish bug. Uh-huh. McFly. Yeah. It took me like 30 viewings to get that. Yeah. It's pretty good. But he also says like a screen door on a battleship and things like that. Yeah. Uh, make like a tree and get out of here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's funny, but I've met people in real life like that. In fact, I live with one. Do you? Yes. Because 
Although, I've never noticed that about her. Although my wife. Oh, sorry. You're talking about your wife? I am. Not not one of your daughters? No, 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 no. Although she was born in Canada and speaks English natively, she has parents whose language, uh, whose first language is not English. And so growing up, I think she heard some misspoken idioms from them and they just kind of stuck with her. So right. every now and then she messes one up and- Like what? I laugh. Do you have an and, example? Uh, off the top of my head, no, but over oh. the years it's happened more than once. So, uh, it's funny. And her dad still sort of does it too, right? right? Which, which is also funny. But anyway, so I found that funny that he would say things like, got to keep the truck moving instead of keep on trucking. Right. Um, anyways, uh, when Morgan is stuck on top of the SUV, he, he's there by himself and he says, you don't have to do this. And you don't know immediately that he's uh, put his finger on the walkie that he has on his belt, and he's talking to the into the walkie-talkie. I thought he was talking to the zombie for a second. And oh, oh no, he, I thought he was talking to, you know, un- unseen people. I thought it was crazy he was coming back. Oh, yeah. That occurred to me, too. But my first reaction was like, is he talking to that zombie? Like, A, has he gone crazy, or are they just trying to play this off as a joke here? And either way, I... I sort of smiled at the idea that it was a joke. Right. Um, the code, the code that Sarah and Wendell had, again, it was like help people when they need help and then keep your truck moving. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, very simple, but I, but I enjoyed the code. And then finally, there were name jokes in this episode. I can think of at least three. Wendell called Morgan Mitch on the radio and right. uh, Morgan had to go, it's Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> Which was good. Sarah called him Momo a few times. Oh, is that what that was? A name joke? Yeah. Morgan, Momo. I, okay. You didn't pick up on I didn't, that? I didn't understand it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I was thinking to myself, that's a nickname for Morgan I could get on board with. Momo? Momo. Hey, Momo. All right. <laughs> I mean, you'd think you'd just go with Mo, but... If if you can, if you got something that's good once, double it and it's double even better, yeah. right? Momo. Yeah. A man so nice, he named him twice. See? Momo. Exactly. And then Wendell calling Jim Jimbo and then telling him that's an awesome variant to his name, so he should try it out for a while. I thought that was a well-phrased uh, line, an awesome variant for his name. I can think of a few people that I know that need some awesoming up of their uh, their names, so it's a different variants. Yeah. I, I don't really have good nicknames for me. You know, there isn't one for my uh, name. I thought there was a couple that I made. I thought there was one I made up for you that you'd never heard before. Well, I don't know. Some years ago, uh, I don't think it was you, somebody decided that, you know, my last name, which is Fairhurst, could easily become Fuckhurst. Which Yeah, I, no, that wasn't me. Yeah, okay, that was somebody else. Uh, not really a polite nickname, though, so... Uh, Anyways, no. I, I don't know. Uh, all I'm trying to say is I like Momo and uh, Jimbo. Jimbo is, is good, too. Jimbo's so. a good name. Yeah, it's pretty good. So anyways, the comedy, I think there was lots of subtle little bits in this episode that was were sort of funny. Did it help or hurt the episode? I, I think it helped it, to be honest. I don't mind once in a while getting this kind of thing in my Walking Dead. And it wasn't so ridiculously funny and over the top that it was completely unrealistic. So I'm okay with it. Do you okay. do you think it it helped or hindered? Did it did it bother you in any way? Uh, I don't think it bothered me very much. I thought it was it was kind of fun. I don't think I thought of it in terms of comedy. Yeah, but uh, I did enjoy some of that. Do you feel like the the season needed sort of this moment lightning effect or or no no not really. Okay. No, I didn't think it needed it. And I think it would probably would have been better if they had that lightning effect with John Dory rather than uh, Morgan. Because John Dory is more of a lighthearted character than Morgan is. Morgan's this broody guy. Mm-hmm. And using him in a, you know, in a lighthearted episode kind of seems out of character. Like you said, with the uh, the bathroom being a little tiny apartment. it's It doesn't seem like something Morgan would say. No, it, it it doesn't, and and you're right. It's it's maybe not the right character to try to accomplish this with. If if they were trying to lighten the mood a bit by having some comedy in there, um, John Dory. That's an that's a good point. He he manages to make you feel 
a little bit better and sort of take the weight off a little bit just by being the kind of person he is. Yeah. You know, he doesn't I have mean, to John be John Dory's an entertainer by trade, right? Oh, that's true. Well, not by trade, but by, you know, by vocation. Right. Right. Sort of like you are not an entertainer by trade, but you can entertain with the best of them. Yeah, I've had a checkered past as far as entertainment goes. <laughs> On stage, in front of kids. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Um, Off stage. Right. So, uh, all right. Well, yeah, Morgan, a little bit unusual for this. Now, let's talk about Morgan for a minute. He he wakes up 400 miles away in Mississippi, and his first instinct is to go back because even though his whole plan was to leave the next morning, like he said after the, or he was going to leave in the morning with Al, but then the storm hits and he ends up in a truck that takes him away anyways. Um, he decides to go back because he feels like he had unfinished business with the rest of the characters or just wanted to go back to, you know, I guess make sure they didn't feel like he abandoned them or anything. Um, but he doesn't get very far. He gets to a bridge, kind of has a little freak out moment and decides, no, nah, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Um, what, what was the point of all that in your mind? Uh, to give him a second thought so that he doesn't return to the main show that he eventually turns around and goes back to, uh, to our group of survivors in this show. Uh huh. But, but I mean, the, the second thought he had was to turn around and keep heading for Virginia, right? He, he ends up by the end of the episode wanting to go back, but it's mostly, in my opinion, it's mostly because of those roadside boxes that he thinks are valuable and helpful to some people. So he wants to go and, and replace them at, at the particular mile markers. Yeah. It doesn't really, to me, have anything to do with wanting to go back to reconnect with, you know, Alicia and Strand and Al and everybody back there. Um, so, so I just wasn't quite sure what they were trying to get at with Morgan initially wanting to go back that I understood, but then changing his mind halfway through, um, and turning around again. To me, it felt a little bit like, you know, the show was treading the same ground a bit. Morgan being indecisive, not really knowing what he wants, wanting to be with people, but then not wanting to be with people. So that felt a little bit um, samey for, for Morgan's right. character. And, you know, to be fair, we've criticized over the over the months that Morgan does flip flop back and forth a lot. Oh, God, yeah. But let's try let's try something new, guys. Let's do something different. Let's have him stay on a defined path for a while is, is kind of what I was thinking there. So make a damn decision and stick to it. And stick to it. And maybe he's just not the kind of character that's capable of doing that because of his fragile mental state. But uh, Yeah. And I mean it's the same thing with from the from the pilot episode when we first met Morgan. You know, he wants to shoot his wife, he doesn't want to shoot his wife. Like, make a decision here, pal. You're gonna shoot the zombie that used to be your wife or not? <laughs> well, sure. But I would say that those are the early days of the zombie apocalypse. So if you're ever going to be a little bit mentally unstable, that's probably the right time. Yeah, or you know, anytime. And I'm talk about unstable. Talk about difficult decision, right? At this point, oh, yeah. we're years in, and uh, and Morgan knows what the world is like now. But I guess not everyone is the same. Um. Now, Sarah accuses him of sort of pretending to be something he's not. And I think he, she was implying here that, you know, he's not really a loyal friend, even though he, he thinks he wants to be. But ultimately, I think that hammered home for Morgan, like what kind of person he wants to be, you know? he right. When he's sitting on top of the SUV, he calls himself a coward. He thinks he isn't important or can't be a valuable friend or community member when us or anyone externally looking on usually thinks, you know what, Morgan is an extremely capable guy, smart guy, a lot of skills, and is a valuable member to any group that he, he hangs out with. So, Yeah, as long as he can remain stable and stick around. Sure, though, you know, everyone has character flaws, but when he yeah. does, then he's he's extremely helpful. So I'm hoping that all of this is just to put Morgan on a path that he can stay on for a little while and solidify his mental state 
for for the time being. Not saying it has to stay that way forever and experiences change a person, of course. Uh, but, you know, if he if he now is confident that he's not a coward and that he can be a valuable friend, I look forward to watching Morgan in that state for a while. So, yeah, he just needs to hang around with John Dory for a while because John Dory would be good for him. It would make him more stable, more comfortable. Uh, I think he would be a much saner person after hanging out with him for a while. Yeah, I, I think so, too. They should, um, <laughs> you know, John and June can move back into the cabin together and Morgan can live in the spare bedroom with them or something Yeah, watch like them that. have sex, like Eugene. <laughs> He'll be the Eugene in that relationship. <laughs> yeah, grow a mullet. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um, all right, well, so what did you think about Sarah and Wendell sort of beyond the, the comedy portion of it, are they going to stick around? I mean, are they characters that you, are, are these the Nikki and Paolo of this season? Well, I don't know if they're Nikki and Paolo. I mean, Nikki and Paolo were a special edge case that, uh, no, they, I don't think they're going to stick around. I think that these were, this was a, to me, this felt like a filler bottle episode with throwaway characters. Mm except for Morgan, who had to go through a should-I-stay-or-should-I-go moment so that uh, he shouldn't go eventually. Right. So you don't think Sarah and Wendell are going to last very long. I would kind of tend to agree with you on that. See, I want the the beer maker. What's his name? Uh, Jim. Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want Jimbo to actually leave this show and go to the big show, show up at the hilltop, and make freaking beer. Yeah. How awesome would that be if, uh, you know, Hilltop or uh, Alexandria had a brewery? Mm-hmm. That would you know, be great. he'd be Daryl's new best friend. <laughs> Betcha. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. But that's 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 secondary character material right there for you. That's not like, you know, primary first tier character, I don't think, anyways, if he's spending well, all day making beer. Well, we don't have a lot of movies and television shows or books, really, about the trials and tribulations of a brewmaster, which is probably lacking in our current pub culture, but uh, there's not a lot of story there, right? And we've had a couple of movies. Uh, oh, sorry, I can think of one. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it. Jason Sudeikis was a, a beer master. I think it was Friends with Benefits or some damn romantic comedy type thing. Okay. He had a brewery. But that was that's the only thing I can think of. So you might be right. Maybe uh, uh, somebody who makes beer is more of a secondary character. I mean, again, important, uh, potentially important role in the zombie apocalypse, yeah. or at least when trying to rebuild society. I bet uh, you making a uh, you know building a brewery is in that book of information that uh, they got uh, that Maggie got from the the crazy van people from Georgie and and them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's or- in there because if they're trying to rebuild society, they're going to think, well, you know what? We need beer. People need beer. Yeah. How to, at least a recipe for it, you know, how to yeah. do it. Is it really a recipe type thing? I don't think beer is a recipe type thing. Okay. Well, there's a. I mean, people have, uh, you know, specialized degrees and spend their whole lives on this one thing. I don't think it's a matter of a recipe. Yeah, I know. I, I was simplifying. I mean, I meant more of a process. No, but process. they call it that in the in the episode too, right? They want the recipe. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's more than just a recipe. You oh, have yeah. to know shit. You can't just, it's not like cooking meth where you can just follow a recipe. Well, <laughs> I, I think either way you have to know stuff and there are particulars to it. But I think of brewing as more of a, a process that you you hone and refine over years and years of doing it until you yeah. come up with a good quality beer product. Right. Or you get your doctorate in uh, brewing, which you can do. Yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah. That's what those those guys that make beer, yeah. they got, they're incredibly smart guys that spend a lot of time learning about, I don't even know what, yeast? Yeast and hops and... I don't even know what yeast is. <laughs> well, Apparently it's alive. Yeah. And used to make beer. And well... Bread. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I think, again, important idea, but probably not primary character, but I, I just wish Jim hadn't talked about it so much, but let's get, let's get back to the storyline here. So Jim was 
bound and his head covered and running away from zombies after uh, Sarah and Wendell had left him that way because they wanted to steal the recipe, as you said, for his beer. And and Morgan just kind of happened to run into him and then drive him right back to them. Is that basically what happened? Yes. Okay. I mean, they, they tied him up and uh, put a hood over his head for some reason. I can't quite figure out why. Did they they did that on purpose. They, they tied him up and they put a hood on his head and they left him in a field and they said, go run and we're going to go someplace else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I wasn't quite clear on that. He was, when, when, they, when Morgan drove him back to them before he realized what was going on and then he saw Wendell, he was pretty freaked out and tried to run away. But then it didn't seem like it took very long for him to kind of just stick around with them, right? Once Morgan fell down the hill and ended up on top of the car, Jim had nothing better to do than stick around with these people who had recently tied him up and basically left him for dead. So that all didn't quite add up totally for me. Um, But I guess their Wendell and Sarah's point was they were trying to get the recipe, as he said, but also they stole a bunch of his beer making equipment because that's what she was throwing out of the truck when it got stuck and they decided they were too heavy, right? Right. Okay. Couldn't they load the stuff back into the truck later after they got through the, the rough patch? Yeah, of course. Just move 10 feet up the road and load it back in, I suppose. Or but stick a board under the wheel. I mean, there's ways to get unstuck on an uneven pavement road. Sure. And I'm not so sure a few beer-making supplies, when compared to the weight of the whole truck, was probably weighing it down. But I'm I'm willing to let that go. Right. Okay. So I we'll just know. throw physics out the window. Throw for the sake of story. That's fine. Yeah, of course. It's not not the first time, Jason. No, it is not. Um, now, what about the, in my opinion, really ham-fisted way of getting Morgan to fall down that embankment in towards the river? Uh, basically, Jim trips and knocks him down. I'm like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> well, that I thought was comedy. I mean, all well, that you think right. is funny. My friend Scott, who does clowning professionally, like for a long time. Uh, he knows, he said to me once, all you need to do to make people laugh is fall down. And it's that's true. it. Fall down so, and, and hurt yourself. Hopefully not too bad. Or, or pretend, you know, sure. or almost fall or trip or something. Mm-hmm. It's comedy gold. So, uh, yeah, that would, you know, the little ham-fisted fell down the embankment. Sure. I mean, that's in, in comedy, that's actually called a prat fall, right? Yes, that it is. A prat fall is a literal fall. Yeah. Okay. Pratt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but in ter- in a dramatic story, I mean, sure, people trip all the time, but like, I don't know, just to trip and push Morgan down the thing, I, I thought it was a little goofy. Uh, but it got Morgan into that situation that they needed to um, shoehorn into this episode because they thought it would be neat. So it all kind of adds up, I think. Um, but, but where were we? Um, so... Yeah, so they they tied up Jim, left him for dead, then Morgan brings him right back. Um, Otherwise, though, Sarah and Wendell had stolen this truck and were picking... uh, They stole it from the person who was leaving the boxes, or they were picking up the boxes as to to basically take them as they were driving along. I think... I think the idea was... They were using the boxes to try and find the person who was leaving the stuff so that they could take the stuff. That's what I got. So they could find the source of the stuff and take it. And the truck stop in Mississippi was like a loading warehouse for all this stuff. Yeah, it was like a a depot. A depot, right. Yeah, but it wasn't just a warehouse. It was like a shop as well. It was open to the public. Right. Come on in, take some shit. Uh, You know, if you don't need the shit, leave the shit. Yeah. If you have some shit that you don't want, uh, well, we have a toilet that has running water. Mm-hmm. Go in there. There's a magazine. Uh, yeah, Toy Dog Weekly or whatever it was. Yeah, and hot and cold running toilet paper. <laughs> there you go. Um, and the whole operation was run by the woman that we see right at the end of the episode talking on the radio. Uh, and she's got a zombie stuck to the wall and she writes her little slogan, take what you need leave with leave what you don't on his face so she's running this whole thing i thought he was running the whole thing and she's a bad guy that killed him interesting that didn't occur to me and but it makes a lot of sense 
He was the he was the good person doing this. Yep. And she's the bad person who's come in and basically cut off the head and taken over the operation. Yeah. Now she, and now she knows where the truck is, so she's going to come and get them. Interesting. So that's what I got from it. I don't know if that's real or not. You know, it it sounds like the kind of thing they would do. And I, and I, I think that's exactly probably what's going on here. So we don't know anything about this character at all, other than she seems to be pretty bad uh, and she's coming for them. So I don't know. Do you think there's a larger group behind her? Probably you'd think she might not be alone, but it sort of seems I'm like undecided. it at this point. I, I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. All right. Well, I don't know. It's uh I, you know, if if we do get more bottle episodes, we might not find out until towards the end of season four. But right, uh, brings me to my sort of last major point I think for this episode, and that is what was the point? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I summed it up rather nicely. Uh huh. Was a, uh, a a bottle episode full of throwaway characters in order to give Morgan a platform to should I stay or should I go so that eventually he'll stay. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. that And that works for me as a point to the episode. The episode of, yeah. on the whole, uh, you know, didn't work entirely, but it puts it, it forces Morgan to make that decision because he was ready to up and leave. And then, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting that he was going to leave anyways. Then he's forced to leave sort of by accident by falling asleep in a truck and he realizes that once he's gone maybe I shouldn't have just decided to to take off. So I do think that's an interesting thing. You know, it it forces Morgan to have some perspective on what he was considering doing anyways. Right. I think that is. But overall, what was the point? Um I think your answer is very good. Um for me, I also started thinking about things like are they trying to tell us that you don't know what's out there, that there could be anything going on and all sorts of dangers out there. So, you know, be careful <laughs> when you, when you are in a safe ish kind of place with other people that you trust, stay with them. Don't leave them. Maybe I sort of thought that might've been a bit of a theme to this episode. Well, yeah, never split the party. I mean, anybody who's ever played D and D knows that, uh, you know, you have a group of people that work well together that are designed to work well together uh, if you split up, you're all fucked. Never split the party. Right. So, so that was here. I think you know he. I mean, he got I mean separated. Jack in uh, Lost said it as well. Live together, die alone. Never split the party. He played D and D. He knows what he's talking about. All right. Well, Morgan. Morgan learned that in this episode. Um, I also started thinking: Are they trying to tell us that you just can't trust anybody? which The Walking Dead seems to prove over and over again, right? Until you really get to know someone or you have done something to irreplaceable or form an irreplaceable bond with someone, you just can't trust them. So here we get Sarah and Wendell who kind of show up. They're funny. It seems like they're doing the good thing. They said in back in the old days they used to ride the roads and deliver supplies and they just kept doing that in the zombie apocalypse. But it turns out it's too good to be true. They're stealing right. stuff. Well, it just goes to show that uh, you really shouldn't trust somebody who uh, points a loaded shotgun at you for a long time. Right. <laughs> it's probably true. Would you like to lower that? Okay. And he lowers it four <laughs> inches. <laughs> yeah. Another comedy. Another funny joke. Uh, piece of comedy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's uh, you don't trust people like that. No, definitely not. Um it all reminded me a little bit, too, of the theme that the living are a bigger threat than the dead in this world, you know? Well, yeah, the uh, the dead don't have shotguns. They don't have shotguns. Uh, they don't drive trucks. They don't steal things. You know what their intentions are. When you meet people that seem friendly and funny on the road, well, eh, turns out they're tying guys up and putting bags over their heads. So right. just you can't can't trust anybody. So at least with the zombies, you know what you get, right? You uh, you, you can see what you're uh, what you're going to get. There's no uh, hidden agenda. They have one agenda. They want to kill you. They want to eat you. They're all face value. Yeah. There's nothing nothing else I, going on there. I can respect that. Oh, me too. If everyone was just all straight up face value, it would kind of make life maybe way more boring, but yeah, a little easier to navigate sometimes. 
Yeah, at least it would make it, it make it uh, the decision to kill them a lot easier. <laughs> right? right. Of course. <laughs> Why not? Uh, and then, as I've already talked about, this, of course, was about Morgan coming around to the idea that he can be valuable in people's lives. And that's kind of what you were saying, too. Um, uh, and finally, just I guess they needed to introduce some new antagonists. Uh, we didn't have a bad guy for two episodes there. We had a storm that was coming and is now come and gone. So we needed some sort of antagonist. And it looks to be this woman who's killed the supply guy, if indeed that's right. what's going on. Yeah. So we had the storm. And the storm was so not important to this story, right? The whole cover of the entire season is everybody, uh, you know, each of the characters revolving around this zombie, you know, hurricane that's that's coming and this was such a non-issue it's like oh it's raining a little bit oh look i'm just going to this trailer here look it's full of food and candy bars and uh a blanket i should just go to sleep and you wake up and it's nice and sunny out and everything's fine except for the you know the guy with the shotgun while you're taking a crap uh but as far as the storm goes it was such a non-issue in this episode and i was a little disappointed by that yeah i i don't think we've seen the end the last of the storm, I mean, quite yet. If we do get more bottle episodes, I think we're going to we're going to go back in time again, and we're going to see what Strand, what happens to Strand and and John, and John Dory during the storm, stuff like that. So, so yeah. far, the whole point of the storm was to split people up and get them in different small groups all over the place. Right. Um, but the storm itself, I mean, I guess the storm played a bigger part last week. Alicia and and uh, Charlie almost drowned in the basement. Yeah. And, you know, they had to deal with a lot of uh, flapping windows and loud rain. Yeah, it was very <laughs> right. uh, uncomfortable. And a zombie stuck in a tree because he was blown up there by the storm, I assume, who turned out to be yeah. their savior. But anyways, you know, the, uh, this episode really had nothing to do with the storm, but I don't think we've seen the last of it. We're going to get more in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Um. But but ultimately, yeah, uh, I think what they needed to do here was introduce a new bad guy. And I have a feeling that whoever this person is, she's probably going to be some sort of antagonist for the remainder of season four that our group's going to have to deal with in some way. And that was sort of what they were doing here. As long as she's an actual antagonist and just not this mystery character that shows up at the end of every episode to uh, to remind us that she exists. And then she shows up in the last episode of the season and they deal with her in like five minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could do something like that or we could be totally way off base and maybe she'll just arrive in Texas and she's all by herself and up against a group of eight people or whatever it is and, and have no chance. I don't know. But I looked up the actress. Her name is Tanya Pinkins. Um, I don't That's really, yeah, I don't know anything else about her. Uh, so we'll have to see how she does. Um, so overall this episode, Mr. Miles, I mean, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible for me. It lightened the mood a little bit, had some comedy, but ultimately was a little pointless. Uh, but yeah. we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, on a scale of uh, solid to plaid, I'd give this kind of 45-degree uh, stripes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I guess people can make of that what they will. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of other quick things. Uh, there, was a, there was a zombie stuck up to his waist in mud, sort of like, it reminded me of quicksand, although it was just mud. Yeah, I you know if uh, TV from the seventies and the eighties uh, kind of taught me that uh, quicksand would be a bigger deal than it actually was in my life. I thought I'd have to worry about that, right? Because you saw it on TV all the time, all the time. You'd get stuck in quicksand, and then what do you do? It happened in Indiana Jones. Well, that the most recent Indiana Jones movie, piece of shit. Uh, it happened in Gilligan's Island all the time. Uh, yeah, I just I I thought that a quicksand to be a bigger deal and mm -hmm. B I'd have a jetpack by now right and neither I of those don't. things have come true right yeah <laughs> well I mean quicksand I'm fine with not dealing with that and I'm probably okay with not having a jetpack because that'd be dangerous oh you'd you'd hurt yourself for sure or other people or, or other both. people right I'd probably start a fire 
Yeah, no doubt. Including me. You know, I start myself on fire. Nobody wants to do it, that. Yeah, it's all bad. I'm 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 okay with the jetpacks not uh, being a thing. Well, I'm just glad that Morgan didn't feel the need to wade into that mud to kill it. In my opinion, that would have just been absolutely stupid, so I'm glad they didn't do that. They just oh, he just poke it with a stick. Yeah, well he just moved on, right? That was fine. It was just there to kind of look cool, and I thought it it did. Uh, I noticed that Morgan loses his staff in this episode. He doesn't have his stick with him uh, after falling down and getting on the car. And then he has to use the mile marker sign to kill some zombies as if it was his staff. And that's symbolic because they were leaving those supply boxes at the mile markers, right? Yeah, and, and the mile marker ended in a four, so that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did he get his staff back at the end of the episode or is it gone it's a stick i mean you can carve a new one he's got a knife he found it in the pack bunch of shit that he uh, found in the back of the truck well i know he can maybe make a new one but i mean daryl never loses the the crossbow okay if you're just talking about symbolically is it is it a thing it's his thing it's it's his um it's his signature weapon so i think he'll have to get it back uh he might get it back but he, he, he didn't he never lost his crazy and that's kind of his signature thing too. That's still there. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's that makes sense. It's a, he hasn't lost it. So, yeah, I don't think he's lost the stick for long. Um, I feel like though maybe he already got it back by the end of the episode, and I'm just being a moron. So, we'll find out. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, what about right at the beginning when the zombies hit by a flying sign in the hurricane? A little bit of foreshadowing, sort of. Uh, I don't. Well, I guess in retrospect, it was foreshadowing. I mean, can you say that? Well... I guess you have to. You have to. Yeah, that's <laughs> sort of how it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I agree with you. It was foreshadowing. I didn't notice it at the time. If a little goofy, though. Zombie walking along, Morgan gets ready to kill it, and then a sign flies out of nowhere and Oh, but that's what you got to do in a hurricane or a tornado. That's what happens to everybody. They get hit by stop sign. They get hit by a big sign. They get hit by uh, something with, uh, you know, McDonald's on it. Uh, you know, people get hit by signs all the time in, in inclement weather in uh, TV and movies. So Sure. It, you had, they had to, right? Sometimes in real life, too. Just as a quick aside, there's a video out there that... I've seen a couple times on, on YouTube of a woman who's driving and you see out of her dash cam and she kind of swerves around a car and loses control a little bit and ends up um, going right at a guy who jumps out of the way and she ends up hitting a signpost in front of him, knocking the sign down and the sign takes him out, oh, hits him right, on the yeah. head and he goes down. Everybody's fine. But <laughs> it was so funny. The way he jumps out of the way in front of the sign and then the sign hits him. I'm sorry, Mr. Whoever you are who got hit by the sign, but my God, that was funny. You can't outrun fate. No, you cannot. (laughs) That's what those whole Final Destination movies are all about. Sure, you can dodge it for a while, but it's coming for you eventually. Yep, coming for you eventually. I've only seen one of those movies because that kind of thing freaks me out. Oh, I've seen exactly zero. All right. Well, there you go. You even you've seen none. You know the theme. I've seen trailers. Ah, very I, good. I assumed the theme. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's my take, or that's our take on this episode. Uh, I I would consider it a step in the right direction, um, which I hope the back half of season four keeps keeps doing, keeps progressing in that way. All right, Jason. Let's take a very short break. When we come back, we're going to do some listener feedback. Stay with us. Trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the dude of man. Together, more or less in line. Just keep trucking on. Listener feedback. It is time for some listener feedback, and I've got a number of messages here from our Facebook page, reactions to the episode from people who posted on our Facebook page. Sean writes, Fear the Walking Dead has become The Walking Morgan Show, just like The Walking Dead's going to become The Walking Daryl Show. All right, then. We just renamed them. We're good. 
too much Morgan? Is 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 that what he's saying? Are are you feeling that? Uh is he taking over? I I feel like he kind of is. Morgan sort kinda of kind of is. He got over. a whole episode to himself. Like he didn't even have to split it with anybody. Yeah. He's the character is taking over fear and I I think this was kind of a known thing, right? They've they might have said even that Morgan is going to going to become the lead character on Fear the Walking Dead, which is too bad because we had a really great lead character in Madison, but these guys wanted to kill her off and replace her with Morgan. Um, there are worse choices and Morgan is doing pretty well, but uh, I do feel like, yeah, for now. And I do feel like he's taking over a little bit. Ma- so Madison's coming back. No, uh, I don't Come know. On, they can pull a soap opera. She's not dead. Yeah. They I just mean, have to explain it and take 10 minutes. Yeah, sure. I, and, and I feel like they've almost left that in their back pocket just in case. Right. Uh, but for now it's, it's Morgan. And I just kind of wish that, I'm not unhappy with Morgan joining the show or having joined the show, but he doesn't need to be the primary focus of the show. They, they knew what they had. They had a good thing going with the other, other characters. Yeah, I agree. Steven wrote, Gimple is sticking with an episodic formula that just doesn't work. He did it on the main show. Now he's doing it here. Only showing one or two characters stories per episode just isn't interesting and doesn't work. Um, maybe true. It, it, can work and it maybe doesn't always bottle episodes are fine but when they're nothing but bottle episodes i can really see steven's point yeah then they don't become bottle episodes they just become the normal run of the show which isn't about everybody all the time right and and that can be okay but it's tough to switch back and forth when is that okay well i don't know there's there's certainly ways of telling stories like that and it it you know, I, I'm sure it can work, and I bet you there's examples out there. Uh, but maybe it becomes tedious quicker. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a tough thing to pull off. I mean, you can't do that in a book, right? Make a series of books and make a whole book about just one person and not about the other people. You can't have an ensemble cast and you ignore half of them for the whole book. I mean, chapters, sure. Uh, for movies, you can't do that. But don't you feel like TV episodes are chapters of a whole where they should be able to do that sometimes? Uh, I think sometimes. so. Yeah, I think that's the that's the key right there. Is you can't do it all the time. If you accent everything, you accent nothing. <laughs> yes, that's right. I guess so. Uh, but anyways, I Stephen here obviously doesn't like the Gimple style of storytelling, and it does seem to be a thing for him because he, he's been doing it a lot. Uh, but... We'll have to live with it for a little while, and we'll see how it goes. Nicholas on Facebook writes, There's so much weird stuff going on in this episode and show in all right now. Making Morgan regret and return makes this character confusing, especially when they keep dragging the storyline over several episodes and introduce weird characters along the way without a solid purpose. Well, I guess if Sarah and Wendell's purpose is to just kind of do their thing and then be killed off or fade off into the distance. Uh, that probably will happen pretty soon. And uh, I feel like we don't know. Well, we might not know what their sort of overall purpose is yet, but for now it's just to be funny <laughs> and teach Morgan that you can't trust anybody. Well, maybe, maybe they will be better. I mean, sure, you, at some point you have to introduce new characters, right? Well, of course. If you're going to have a new character in the show, you have to introduce them. They don't necessarily have to have a purpose yet. Mm-hmm. They just have to be mildly entertaining until they have their purpose. Right. You just got to hang them, keep them hanging around until you give them something to do. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I think maybe it's a little tough to swallow though because of the fact that we just lost nick and we just lost madison and they've been around for four years you know so that makes it a little trickier to sort of accept the fact that new characters are going to come on uh but that's more on us than and as viewers maybe than as uh than it is on the writers and the people creating the show and right you know we'll have to trust them (laughs) trust is hard it's hard Happy Jack in Victoria, BC writes, I've been in the back of more semi-trailers than I can count, and I have never seen one that had an inside door handle. I had to giggle (laughs) on that one. The way the outside locking mechanism works would render an inside handle useless. Plus, 
They packed those things so tight that it would have broken off when the door would close on a skid of freight. I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe it's a specially modified one. There were they, if they were living in the back of this trailer, uh, they you know the door doesn't close from the inside, so they had to add a handle. They went to Home Depot, they broke in, they found a handle, they uh, they Cust- hooked it up. Custom modified the rear door of the transport trailer, and now they can get in and out. Sure, why not? <laughs> but if this was but do you, real life, you think that uh, if uh, Joe Schmo and what's her name got in the trailer, got in the truck, and drove away, that they would have locked the door from the outside, or you know, at least maybe looked in the back. But then, if they were stealing it, they just wanted to get in and get away. They didn't. They didn't right. need to spend time inventorying the thing, right? So that's why that's they didn't true. know Morgan was there. That's true. So, uh, Paul who is originally from Liverpool, but now lives in Cambridge, UK. I just wanted to say Paul wrote in, Jason, to let us know that Ringo Starr did, in fact, get knighted. That was something something that came up last week on the podcast. He has only been a knight since March 20th, 2018, so just earlier this year. Oh, well, son of a bitch. Well, congratulations, Mr. Ringo Starr, Sir Ringo Starr. That's right. That's really good to know. That's why I didn't know about it, because I don't pay attention to things that happen this year sure until next year <laughs> that's right you'll know next year what happened this year so yeah. so Ringo stars a night uh thank you paul for clarifying I that if he's, i wonder if he's the only drummer that ever got knighted um because he's a drummer that's a good... i mean maybe uh you know people have been knighted for things that they're not necessarily well known for and i'm sure that some people have been knighted who are drummers but i think ringo stars been knighted because he's a musician and, and, you know, specifically a drummer. For example, Paul McCartney probably plays a little bit of drums, but he's not known as a drummer. Which is funny because there's that, that Beatle quote that is actually false, but it's still funny. It's uh, somebody asked uh, <laughs> uh, John Lennon uh, if they thought Ringo Starr was the best drummer in the world. And he said, he's not the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not It's not a true quote, but it's still funny. That's not. He didn't actually say that? <laughs> no. He didn't say that. I don't think so. Oh, that's funny. That is a funny quote. hilarious, though. <laughs> How do you know a drummer's at your door, Jason? Uh, it speeds up? Because he's delivering your pizza. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, that's... Uh, what, do you call, what do you call a bass player without a girlfriend? A drummer. Homeless. Oh, homeless. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. Keith on the internet writes, regarding what we should call Alicia's weapon... Oh, good. He writes, a roommate in college had a similar twisted piece of steel he kept under his bed for, quote unquote, just in case. (laughs) I'm not sure what that means. Uh, He called it his ugly stick. I think that's what you should call Alicia's weapon from now on. Okay. It's her ugly stick. Alicia's got her ugly stick. Yeah, she's also got a broken cowling. Sure. but Ugly stick. I like ugly stick, so I think we'll go with that. All right, Chris in the UK, who sends us many, many long emails uh, breaking things down, um, which is fantastic, but I I sometimes pull out smaller bits from them. Um, This is Chris talking about sort of the coincidences in last week's episode with Alicia and Charlie. Right. And he says, points for a Walking Dead show not killing the little girl. That's tough for them. We know how much they seem to enjoy little girl slaying. Beyond that, I'm with Jason. The biggest problem with this episode is the shape uh, of it was far too predictable. The writers tried really hard to make us think Alicia might kill her. This franchise was uh, this this franchise has form here, but they were going to end up reconciled at the end from the moment we saw Charlie in the house. Another way of putting this: the writers showed their work, and it's better when they don't. Right. So what I meant, sorry, is he he discusses a lot of the coincidences in the episodes and then and then goes on to talk about this. Um, and then he sent an addendum to his email in a second email, and he says, nice. he says, why didn't Alicia kill Charlie? She has never, or has she ever killed someone who wasn't already dead or dying? I think she blew up Mel, and she was involved in the gunfight with the vultures, but the adrenaline is flowing at that point, and it's all a little detached. Placing a gun to someone's head and executing them, let alone doing that to a child, is an entirely different matter. I think if she doesn't kill Charlie more or less on sight, it becomes progressively harder to do it. You can ride the anger and adrenaline, 
but it's not easy to sustain that for any period of time. Absolutely. Good addendum. I think so too. I agree. Um, episode was predictable, but it sort of makes sense that she wouldn't kill Charlie unless she did it sort of on a whim as soon as she saw her, because that's when you're not thinking straight. As soon as you have a moment to think about what you're going to do, it's when you right. start weighing all the options, right? Yeah. And that's how you get killed if you're in a situation where they can shoot back. Yes. In that case, you can't stop to think, but I think that's part of his point, right? She used a rocket launcher on somebody and, and you know, in a, in a gunfight, you're just shooting, trying to, you know, kill other people and save your own life. So true. Good observations, Chris. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you to everyone who wrote in or visited us on Facebook. That is it, Jason, for this episode. Uh, next week is episode 12 of Fear the Walking Dead season four. And the title is Week. So, Week. Yeah. W. Double e, e or E A? E A. W E A K. Week. All right. Uh, so, title reads, folks. Record that. Send it in if you would like. Um, and uh, I will play it on the episode. But otherwise, thanks for tuning in. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can visit our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com. You can click on send voicemail at the top to record a message there and send it as well. Uh, but as I've been saying, it's generally better quality to sort of record into your phone and send it that way. Uh, you can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead or find us on Twitter at talking dead, which I've all but abandoned uh, the Twitter account, I'm afraid, simply because it gets more traffic from people who think it's related to AMC's Talking Dead show uh, than I care to wade through. So it's right. become somewhat useless to us. Uh, but, you know, I do check it once in a while. So if you tweet at us, I'll uh, hopefully see your messages. Um, otherwise, of course, you can send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, those are all the way to contact us, um, and that's it for this week. So thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Arr.